When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. So he has said that he would send me like a proposal so that we could keep it fair. So the only issue is you have to know whether you can trust him to be forthcoming about all that should be included in the marital pot in order to divide it equitably. You're not in a position to consider anything he puts in front of you without there being some exchange of financial data, some analysis. Mm -hmm. I'm open to a proposal because I do think that it will be fair. I'm going to give Michael the benefit of the doubt. And in the event that it's skewed or that I feel like he's trying to bamboozle me, then we'll scrap the proposal and I'll just proceed with the lawyer. (sighs) I'm stalling. Let's just be real. Okay, wow. Lots to discuss on The Real Houses of Potomac. That was a clip from this week's episode. Ashley sat down with the attorney, finally. Now, I believe, and I said this on the show last week, that she is the one who leaked the information about the separation of the divorce to the press early. And now I'm starting to think she's really playing all of us. And I don't know if this is just me being nuts, but none of it's adding up to me. And I don't think she's as daft as she's letting on. I don't think that she doesn't understand this LLC stuff or the settlement money or the marital, whatever. I don't think she doesn't understand it. I think she's trying to fool us all. I think she's trying to bamboozle us. He's trying to bamboozle me. She's trying to bamboozle me and I will not have it because I feel as though every week she's acting like she doesn't understand this whole process. And even Giselle called her out this week. Gizzy said something about how Ashley said she had the LLC already set up and that's how they got the house. And now this week she's like, well, I guess the LLC's not set up. Now she's either being super stupid, and I hate to use that term, but it's the only one I could think of at this point, or she's uh, playing stupid. She's playing stupid. And honestly, I think playing stupid might be the right route to go because it might be what puts the money into her bank account when it comes to Demon Darby. Do you get what I mean? 
Anyway, there is one thing that I want to point out. It's when the editors are calling the cast members stupid. So we're talking about this word stupid. And one of the things that I often bring up on the show is the sound effects, the music in the background, the classic examples. Every time Alex McCord was on screen on The Real House of New York, it was the music. <laughs> and now you can also pay attention to the sound effects. So in that scene, when Ashley was sitting down with that attorney, the editors were trying to tell us, like, look how stupid she's being. And they put in a very subtle sound effect, and then they layered it under the rest of the scene. And so I just, I took a clip of it because I really wanted to drive this point home because I think it's important that we notice this thing happening. And we're all intelligent TV watchers, but just pay attention to when Ashley was talking to the attorney. And you could tell the moment that the attorney thought, like, what the fuck is this girl doing? When the editors thought, what the fuck is she saying? And when the producers knew at home, we'd be saying, what the fuck is she up to? So that we could keep it fair. So do you hear that? (laughs) It's a very, very subtle sound effect. Very subtle sound effect. But they're trying to tell us, I believe, production editors like Ashley's being a dummy. And I think she's maybe purposely being a dummy. I hope to believe that. But uh, someone's being a dummy. They're letting us know that somebody's being a dummy. That's what the producers are telling us. And so we have to, and I'm rooting for Ashley, by the way. I know she's having sex with that big maple-looking uh, man, what was it, Luke from Summerhouse. I don't know if they're fornicating, but I do know that they've been posted on social media. He went and visited her in Potomac. And I like this crossover. It's more interesting to me than in Austin with somebody else or Paige and Craig. Like, I'm very fascinated by an Ashley and Luke. Although, down the line, don't get upset if I change my mind because that happens often, right? Now it seems appealing to me. But the minute that Bravo maybe leans into it too hard, that's when I'm going to take a step back and say, "Uh uh-uh. Not interested. The way that Paige and Craig, at first, when Paige and Craig hooked up, I was like, oh, this sounds great. I'm into this. Maybe they're the next it couple on Bravo. And now when I see them baby talking on the Winter House, I'm get it off my screen. So I just hope they're careful with how much they lean into the Ashley and Luke of it all. What I would like to see is maybe Luke making some appearances on The Real Houses of Potomac. And we're going to need some men to step up on Potomac because at this point, we're not getting any Demon Darby. Have you noticed this? Gordon's nowhere to be found, although last week we did learn some information from Mia about how she hooked up with Gordon for the first time on a beach in Miami while he was, I believe, married. And uh, Demon Darby is the whole topic of conversation this entire season. We have not seen one frame of him. And that's a bit of a problem for me. Now, I think that they should have offered him some money. Or Are we never going to get one season? That's kind of fucked up to me. Meanwhile, Juan don't want to film with the person he's pretending to be in love with. Uh, who else? Eddie's popping in once in a while. But it's like w- there's no men presence. And we're getting a lot of other characters on the peripherals. They keep introducing us on the Potomac. It's like there's Jacqueline and there's... Uh, Ashley's friend, what was Ashley's friend's name, who apparently got the DMs with Demon Darby. She's even coming forward and be like, he DM'd me too. And I'm just thinking like, who, A, who are these people? And it's maybe not the best way to get a storyline on the show saying that you had some DMs with Demon Darby when he's not even filming the season. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, it was also alleged that he's hooking up with some uh, some sex worker and sucking some D. So I don't know what's going on with Demon Darby. And I never have. I can't understand that man. Can't get my brain or I can't wrap my head around his head. Uh, even though he's wrapped his mouth around some heads. Ladies, am I right? It's neither here nor there. The point is, it's all legend. Uh, I don't understand that man. And I uh, support anyone what they want to do in the boudoir. Anyway, this week, 
Can we talk about Twitter for a second, actually? I did write this in my notes because I want to discuss this. I'm very interested in Twitter is, uh, what's the right way to phrase this? It's going to hell in a handbasket. If anyone's on the social media platform of Twitter, it seems to be the end days. And I hope that it's not. I hope that we go forward and we're able to salvage the platform. But at this point, does it look like a steaming hot pile of garbage? It sure does. It looks more appealing to me than the Sir Dump. At this point, the Sir Dump looks better, I should say. I phrased that wrong. The Sir Dump is more appealing than Twitter. And I think the Sir Dump has more of a future than Twitter because it seems like it's just going to hell in a handbasket. And what I'm curious about is all these reality shows. And we talk about ratings sometimes on the show. And one of the things with ratings is the way people are watching TV has obviously changed and altered. So one of the things that I've heard anecdotally is that with not just Bravo, but with all networks, they don't care as much about live ratings as they do people watching throughout the week and social media chatter. And usually that social media chatter is tied to Twitter because that's what you go to when you're watching the shows and you're tweeting about the shows you're watching and you hashtag the shows you're watching. Because on Instagram, yes, you could certainly post about stuff or TikTok, you could do a video of you talking about a show. But I believe that when these networks reference the social media chatter, they're talking about Twitter and the hashtags and what's trending on Twitter. And so I worry what's going to happen to these shows, because I think that some of our shows that we love largely are staying on the air because of the social media chatter. So I think, and this is anecdotal and I'm not an expert, maybe somebody can reach out to me, but I think that some of the Bravo executives probably say, okay, well, Summer House or Winter House, those ratings aren't that great, maybe, but everyone goes online and talks about them. And I don't even know if that's one of them, but I feel like you see what I'm saying. Some of the shows might not do good in the ratings. So what happens if uh, Twitter goes the way of a dumpster and it's never, and everyone gets off of it? And maybe we'll all move to a new platform, maybe something. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know the future. I don't have a crystal ball. But I worry about our shows because some of these shows, they don't do. I just saw the ratings for Salt Lake City. And I did. I think Salt Lake City, I've always felt so safe about it because even though the live ratings for Salt Lake might not be that great, I think most people watch later in the week and it gets a lot of social media chatter. So I don't know. Although a lot of you are telling me with Salt Lake City, you're like, I am hopping off board, getting off the train. And I think it's the best show on television, but a lot of people aren't feeling that way. And I think I like it so much because it's so fun to recap and I love the chaos of it. But some people are saying they don't like Salt Lake City. So what happens if there's no social media chatter? What's that saying? If a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, nobody hears it or something. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck that saying is, but I am scared. I'm scared. How many people are scared? Me too. I was really, really scared. And I get scared of all the shows that we like. I'm scared people aren't watching Family Karma. I need everyone to tune into Family Karma because I think it's one of the best shows on Bravo. And the problem with Family Karma is it's not ha- it doesn't have like a big uh, boiler or what's the um, water cooler moment. It needs – I think every reality show needs at least one of those water cooler moments. Even Salt Lake City, I think the Jen Shah arrest was actually very good for the show because it got people outside of the Bravo universe talking about it, makes people curious, want to tune in. The famous example is The Real House of New Jersey with the table flip. That got them going the first season. And so I almost wish, not that I want Family Karma to devolve into one of those other types of shows. I just think we need to have some sort of water cooler moment because I'm scared because I love it so much. And I think it's so uh, such a well-balanced, wonderful show that has drama and family and fun and 
I, I just love it. It's one of my favorite shows on Bravo. And I'm hoping that people tune in because I just think it's great. But I think maybe we need just some... And I wouldn't even mind. I wouldn't hold it against the gas members if they just do something fucking nuts to get everybody talking. I mean, somebody might have to get arrested over there. <laughs> I don't know. Something needs to happen because they need people talking about it because it's too good to just go by the wayside. Anyway, where were we at? Potomac? Okay, we opened this week... Uh, with the burn session. Wendy's burn session, of course, this devolved into chaos last week. And uh, she, Candace says, I, or no, Ashley says, I've heard Chris and other DMs that aren't as innocuous as mine. And she's referring to her friend Deborah, I think is her name. And then Candace says, your husband goes and gets his, uh, and goes to someone's house and sucks his D. So let's uh, not, because Chris ain't sucking no dick, Candace says. And honestly, we don't shade anyone for sucking dick unless you're in a monogamous marriage. And then in which case, maybe you shouldn't be going to other people's houses and S and the D. Uh, it's just maybe something that you got to draw the line. And so I understand why Candace is saying it. And I'm on Team Candace this season. I am. I feel very strongly in that. I've said it before and I'll say it again as of this moment. But Karen, she says she's sick to her stomach about the second dick conversation. Now, I don't think Karen means that she's sick to her stomach about S and D because I think she's a sex positive woman. I mean, her and Ray, we've talked about their uh, times in the sacks, I believe. Have they? Have they? Or am I making that up? I can't remember. I might have blocked it out. Anyway, I don't think she's saying she's, she's tired of that. I think she's saying we can't do the conversations devolving too much into the gutter. It's getting too much into the gutter. So she says that to Mia. And meanwhile, Robin's in the Sprinter van. She left last week. She was not interested in talking to Wendy. She hates Dr. Wendy. So she's in the Sprinter van just waiting for everyone to wrap up. And then Candace says she wasn't going to bring up the situation with Michael and the the person that he's S and the D with. But she snapped. She finally snapped with Ashley. And I was hoping these two would be a dynamic duo. It turns out they're not going to be a dynamic duo. They're going to be at odds the rest of the season. They're going to be villains, the Joker and the Batman. It's just not going to happen for those two. And I don't know that they could ever come back from this. Although, if there's one thing I've learned from Bravo over the years, it's that people can come back from anything. You could throw a leg at someone, and then they're happy to invite you back. I think uh, Viva Drescher, there's all these rumors about the Real House of New York legacy. She is not rumored to be coming back, although I wouldn't be surprised if she does. But Luann, I've seen her in interviews. I've seen some of the other women saying like, oh, yeah, I should bring back Aviva. And it's like everybody forgets that Aviva just threw her leg in a fucking crazy scene. And it's like, that's the thing. We can come back from anything. And Ashley and Candace, they were thrown silverware. Remember that one scene a couple of years ago? They were thrown silverware. And then they came uh, and were able to get along this week. Giselle and Karen have called each other names, and Karen said Giselle got a hot box. No one even really understood what that meant and exactly what was going on there with the hot box situation last season. And yet now I see them sometimes laughing and giggling, ha ah, ha he and together. Even Robin and Wendy at the end of this episode, when they were headed to that six bedroom Miami house, which I got lots of thoughts about, they were heading there, and I saw them ha ha he and in the back of that uh, four person van. So these women can come back from anything. So I'm hoping that Ashley and Candace can sometime find common ground, maybe without Demon Darby. And I want Demon Darby to just be able to go ask the D's he wants and not, I mean, he's heading off to Vegas after the vasectomies. Let him do sow his oats wherever he wants to consensually and without the confines of a marriage, without the wife knowing about it. Like he, and also, yeah, he's a mess. Get him out of here. I fucking hate him. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like him, but he's the whole storyline this season. That's weird to me. Anyway, then we cut to Candace and Giselle have like a little sit down at the barn party or the burning barn session, whatever the fuck we're calling it. 
In Candace's calm, cool, and collected, she asked Giselle what made her uncomfortable about the situation with Chris. She said Chris wanted to talk to her, and Giselle said, he said, let's go to a private room. And Chris is saying the opposite. He's saying Giselle said, let's go to my room. Now, Candace says on camera, it's fucked up for Giselle to do this on camera. And she says, uh, this is the reason why women don't come forward with sexual assault. Now, uh, this is a stretch. Now, I can't really, I don't feel like I'm, I understand what Candace was saying. But Giselle points out, no, this is the reason why people can come forward, because I'm being honest about the situation. Now, this is a very nuanced conversation, and I'm just trying to make you giggle, so I don't know that I'm even uh, prepared to have this conversation on everything iconic. But what I do want to focus on is that Candace pulled out the napkin. She pulled out the napkin. She had it ready folded in the purse, or in the pocket, in the purse. I don't know where she had it. But that napkin comes out of nowhere. Ladies and gentlemen, it's like pops out of any which way. Like, I didn't even know she had a spot on her to have that folded up napkin. And then suddenly it's in the crease of her eye because Candace, Candace, it's like you turn your head for one minute. You walk out of the room for one second, you walk back in and suddenly Candace has got the tissue in the corner of the eye folded like a perfect square. Do you remember in grade school, did you guys ever make with a piece of paper, those little paper footballs? And remember, you'd kick them at each other with your, you'd flick them with your finger or you'd slide them. I used to love the game. Ugh. Remember, you'd go on the desk, you'd make that little paper football, you'd fold it up. And I never knew how to make it. I was not good with origami as a child, even making the paper fortune tellers, the cootie catchers. I was never great at those, but I did ultimately learn how to make that. Could never make the paper football, though. Could never make it. Although I did love a paper game, loved playing MASH as a kid. Anyway, that's not the point. So you'd make the paper uh, football thing. And then you'd slide it across the desk, and the goal was to get it at the end of the desk, falling off the desk, but not actually falling off the desk. Do you know what I'm take, saying? You slide it. And so I need to bring back that game. I'm sitting at a desk right now. I need to play. I need to get my, I need to get my game on. That's the kind of sport I'm interested in. That's what I want to play right now. Anyway, uh, Candace just pulls it out of nowhere. I'm like, where did that even come from? She's got it perfectly wrapped. Somebody needs to get her a hanky, too, I think. Instead of them tissues... I'd like, some, I'd like to see Candace uh, come out with a hanky line. I think that'd be a brilliant move. A pocket square or something, you know, for ladies. Because oftentimes, I think pocket squares or hankies, I think they're marketed towards men, right? In the suits, you put the little, uh, the little handkerchief in your suit jacket pocket. And I'd like to see Candace drive back uh, to her branding deals and maybe hop on in to the retail space with a handkerchief or with a pocket square or something Maybe you've already pre-folded up tissue, but like stronger that you could reuse, that you could wash in the washing machine. I think that'd be a brilliant uh, move for her because if the music career doesn't work out, which I'm actually thinking it will work out, she's going to be meeting Trina in Miami. Excited about that. I'm assuming Trina, it means she's going to be on Miami House or uh, on the Potomac Housewives when they go to Miami. Anyway, Candace, if you need some branding advice, not that I'm an expert, but I think that'd be a perfect launch. Instead of all these candles, we got enough candles Got enough candles in the Housewives universe. I can't keep up with all the candles. I did light my Dr. Wendy candle. Did I tell you I got a Dr. Wendy candle? I lit it, and I thought it was wonderful. And I'm a candle expert. Candle expert. But we don't need no more. We've had enough three wicks, four wicks, six wicks, nine wicks. I don't know what wicks they got. Too many. Too many. Okay, should we take a break here? we got to take our little quick break, and we'll be right back. I want to thank Acast. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You get a signed copy of my book at everythingiconic.store. We'll be right back. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. He's trying to bamboozle me. It's the greatest bamboozlement I've ever accomplished. Okay, so they haven't left this barn burn party. Robin's in the Sprinter van. Giselle, Karen, and Mia went in the Sprinter van. Meanwhile, Wendy and Ashley are connecting and drinking wine, having this nice little moment. And that's when Ashley reveals that Deborah, a friend from her mom group, was the one who was getting the DMs from Chris or something like that. I don't know. I went to the kitchen to get a snack, so I might have gotten that wrong. It happens. Uh, then we cut to that scene of Ashley finally seeing the attorney. They leave in the Sprinter van, and we see the next day they're finally having Ashley sit down with an attorney. And I wonder if the producer set that up or if somebody – Finally told you, listen, Ash, you got to sit down. And the TV, uh, the attorney looks like a TV attorney. I'm not sure, but I feel like I've seen her somewhere. You know, with the therapist, sometimes we've seen them on VH1 or some sort of show. There was that Erica Jane therapist that I didn't even realize looked familiar. It turns out she was the one who's been on 100 shows already. So these attorneys, these therapists, these essential workers for reality television arts, they pop up in all sorts of different places. You never know when you're going to see a therapist over here on TLC, and then they pop up on a Bravo show, and then suddenly they're on the MTV uh, network coaching teen moms. You just don't know. And so you, we always got to be aware, look at our surroundings. If you see something, say something. And so I feel like this attorney has been somewhere else, but I can't tell you where. I'm sure maybe somebody out there can let me know. Let me know where this woman's been because I always have to, I always have to say to myself now, when I see an attorney, when I see a legal person, a legal expert, a therapist, psychologist, a life coach, a yoga instructor, someone who runs an axe company. I, we have to be aware going forward, this is just the future of reality television, that they're going to be someone where we've seen them somewhere. And I think that with all of these essential worker professions, and by essential workers, of course, I'm just referring to the reality TV people who appear on different shows. I'm not referring to actual real-life essential workers, but I do consider therapists who strictly appear on reality TV to be essential reality TV workers. Anyway, I think that there's different levels. So like if you're a therapist, I think 90% of them will not be on television, but then there is a 10% of these therapists who are licensed. And I don't believe them to be practicing outside of these shows. Like I think that woman that met with Erica Jane, I feel like she just does reality shows. It's like how Dr. Drew, I'm not sure that he's doing medicine, but he is doing podcast appearances and uh, showing up on Loveline or the fact that they got him doing on MTV with the Teen Moms. So these are people 
who I just wonder in real life if they have real patience. I think the only people that I believe that maybe actually fully cross over or do like a 50-50 split is Dr. Jackie and Dr. Simone from Married to Medicine. Those are the only two that I think actually have real life patience, and then they do patience on TV. But as it stands, this attorney that Ashley was meeting with, she must be somewhere. And if she's not, then I bet she in the future is going to be somewhere else. She's going to be popping up somewhere, a winter house or something, if they need an attorney. So anyone needs an attorney, they're going to be showing this woman, I feel. Anyway, Ashley talks about her. She's being very open about her bisexuality on the show, which I appreciate. I'm happy she's talking about it. I think good for her bisexuality representation. She said she was good with it uh, and the relationship she had with Michael in the sack which is shocking. She said she was good with the sexual relationship with Michael Demon Darby. I was like, there's nothing that sounds worse than a sexual relationship with Demon Darby. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing I could think of worse. I'd rather have sex with almost anyone else, literally almost anyone else. And Ashley's such a stunning woman. And no, I don't want to judge someone based on their looks, but have you looked at Michael Darby? I mean, maybe, I don't know. I hate to judge someone's looks. I hate to say that, but he's also an awful human. And so I believe that the inner awfulness also does affect the off outer awfulness. Does that make sense? So if you're an inner ugly, I think that makes you an outer ugly. And so I think that's what I respond to when I look at Demon Darby. But she said they had a good relationship sexually until the kids came along. She didn't want to do the three threesomes and all that stuff. Anyway, she uh, says he had $50 million from his... Uh, in his banking account before they got married, married they have their eighth year anniversary last month. So any money that he got in the eight years is going to be the marital fund. So I'm confused about this money situation, how it's going to go. I wonder if he's going to bamboozle her. He's trying to bamboozle me. I just think it might happen. I think it might happen. I also think she's just putting on this act. And she asked the attorney, is it better to buy a house or in my name or together? And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Such a fucking stupid question. Such a stupid question. Obviously, if you're divorcing someone, you shouldn't buy a house in both of your names. It's crazy. All of it's crazy. If you're getting divorced, and I don't know, I've never been through divorce, but I would think you would just, I would want to get away from that person. I wouldn't want my finances tied up with them. I understand getting spousal support and child support. That makes sense to me. But having involuntary, I don't know. Maybe, I guess because she just wants a nicer house, so that's why it, she wants it. But then I don't understand because when this was filmed, the housing market was insane. I don't know what it was like in Potomac, but I imagine around the country, this was before the interest rates went up. And this was when Ashley was shopping for a house before the interest rates went up because they filmed this probably pre, pre-holiday pre season of last year, around the holiday season of last year. Wait, was it spring? What month are we in? What time is it? Where are we? I'm still... I'm still adjusting to that stupid daylight savings. I fucking hate it. Oh, I'm not sleeping good. I'm running on caffeine all the time because I'm not sleeping good. I'm a big hot mess. So anyway, I thought the housing market when they filmed this, I guess it was spring, so the interest rates had already gone up. I should have figured this out before I started recording. Anyway, I feel like they would have had offers on the house. So how did Ashley think they made an offer and they didn't make an offer? doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't get any of it. Meanwhile, Mia's at the spa. Sharice and her friend Jacqueline meet her. Now, I'm sort of loving Mia. I am. Now, I have said before, and I'll say it again, that I think she lies about almost everything. 
but she's got this easy, breezy happiness to her that I think is often missing on all of our Housewives franchises, where she's like wanting to be messy, but she's always got a smile on her face about it. And she seems to move on really quickly, quickly. And she's got like a golden retriever energy in the best of ways. And I mean that as the most highest of compliments, because just the energy is so happy and she's smiley. And even when she was talking about that situation where she fucked the husband on the beach while I was married, <laughs> which is something on television, you would usually tell that story. I think of Eileen Davidson on The Real House of Beverly Hills. Remember, she told the story about hooking up with her husband before when he was still in a relationship or whatever. Usually when that kind of information is let out on national television, you say it in such of like a regret or a remorse or because you would think that what if his ex is watching the television and sees you talking about how you fucked him on the beach while he was married to this other person. So you would normally say it with at least a little hesitation. You might realize that if you're on reality TV, you have to tell that story. But Mia said it with the biggest smile on her face. You would have thought she was talking about something, uh, the happiest moment of her life, like a, a her childhood Christmas or I don't know, something like that, going to Disney World. She was saying it like that. She's like, yeah, I fucked him on the beach. It was so fun. She said something about like, <laughs> something about pussy popping or something. I don't remember. But she was having a good time saying it. And that's what I love so much about Mia. She's just so happy-go-lucky. And I don't think that we get that with a lot of people on reality television. And so I'm just enjoying it. I'm just enjoying it. But she invited all the gals to Miami. She said it was the tip of Miami. And Wendy pointed out it's not actually the tip where they are. And they're in a residential area. They're not even on the beach. But obviously, we know that these women don't plan the trips. They pretend to plan the trips. And maybe they have some input into the trips. But it's funny to me, this many seasons in, we're still pretending that like Mia sat down with a travel agent and like she booked the house. They would have had to clear the house. Like it's not like Mia booked this house. And we're all just still pretending that Mia picked the six bedroom house. And it is funny to me because then they're all able to blame Mia and say, there's not enough rooms. This person doesn't have a bathroom. Sharice got to go to another house. But it's not Mia's fault. Like production had to clear the house. To film there, they had to reach out to houses and say, oh, can we not only rent this house, but also film a national television show there? And in order to do that, we're going to have to come in and we're going to have to take off artwork from the walls that we don't have the rights to. And we're going to have to make sure there's no pictures. So even if it's an Airbnb or a hotel, we got to clear everything within the confines of this place. So they they don't just go into some hotel. They got to do all that stuff. And if you look around your house, I mean, I'm someone who's got a lot of like pop culture junk around my house. You'd know that. You guys know that. When I get obsessed with th- something, I can't stop. I harp on it. You listen to this show, you know, I have been watching Alf and you guys, I get obsessed with something and it's not something I'm proud of, but I have an obsess- obsessive personality. So I tend to, when I get obsessed with something pop culture, then I'm like buying the junk off eBay about it. Definitely a problem. But if I look around my house, I sometimes see in corners, now I kind of have my office where it's all my pop culture junk. But even if you go into the living room, I shot a commercial here that's for Skinny Pop, and they have to take stuff off the walls if it's artwork that's not cleared. And that is the case for television. So, Or they can blur it. But so it's not like Mia is just like, let's go to this house. And we're all still pretending this many seasons on that. Like Mia sat down. She said, this is where we're going. And it's crazy to me, but we're all pretending. And there's only six bedrooms, which I love, which this is so shady of production. And that's what I love production for is that they're invited literally everyone on this trip. 
And I don't feel like they had to invite everyone on this trip. I feel like they were like, we got a house that's six bedrooms or a place with six bedrooms. So now let's invite all the friends of, let's invite Sharice. Let's invite the friend of Mia because that'll make it more interesting with the selecting of the rooms. And so that was a brilliant move. Brilliant move. And also Karen's turning 59 in Miami. 59. 59. My queen is 59. Favorite woman on TV. I love me some Karen. She's got that one confessional look with a kind of messy hair. I think she looks so hot in that confessional. I love I think Karen has never looked better. If you look at season one to season now, Karen has the biggest glow up. I just love her. I love Karen Uger. She's my fave. She's also, she doesn't necessarily have the same kind of lightness that Mia has, but she has this ability to move on and keep it moving forward. And it really is the sign of a good housewife. I think you got to be able to move storyline forward and move on from conflict quickly because we don't want to get caught in the weeds of sitting in conflict for too long. And I think that's what happens all the time on Beverly Hills is they sit in it too long. And that makes us turn on the individual women who are sitting on it too long. Whereas I think if women can do the most heinous things on these shows, but if they move on quickly from it, then we move on quickly from it. Whereas if we drag it out, then we just start to hate the people that are dragging it out. All right. Now, before we get to Miami, we do have a scene with Wendy. She talks about her mom was in the hospital. She's putting together this restaurant situation, but there's a strain on the restaurant. We find out later in the episode, Peter Thomas has got a feud with Wendy coming or cooking. And I don't even know how everyone's friends with Peter Thomas now. I thought it was just Wendy had this connection. Now Mia's got a connection with Peter Thomas. I'm like, was Peter Thomas just, what's going on? How does he know everybody? He's a popular man, apparently. But what I want to talk about Wendy's scene at her house is the Hermes blanket. Has anyone noticed how everybody has that blanket? I've been paying real close attention to this Hermes, and maybe it's a knockoff or something, but I feel like I see it everywhere, and I looked it up because I saw it. I watched that Colpo Sisters reality show. I watch uh, Architectural Digest tours. They're my favorite thing on YouTube, and I notice everyone's got this checkered Hermes. Am I saying that Hermes? Hermes? Hermes. Did I say it wrong? <laughs> My Ohio show is showing. Uh, but they all have that blanket. And so I looked it up because I was like, oh, I want to go on them blankets. And I looked up and that fucking blanket is between, depending on which one you get, the, if you get the non-knockoff version, it is between $1,200 and $2,000. I mean, for a throw blanket. And I guess it's a status symbol and stuff. But I maybe you get on eBay or something. I don't know if they're listening to me. I want them to send me that blanket because I want that blanket, but I do not want to open up the, I do not want to loosen up my purse strings to buy that blanket because it seems so pricey. And I see it on every person's reality show. And I think like, are they buying that blanket or is there a popular knockoff version that I'm not aware of? But it's the same blanket. Now that I've mentioned it to you, if you have not noticed it before, I think you'll notice it now on every reality show. Look on their couches, look on their chairs. It's always draped in frame. And it's a checkered, I think it's maybe an orange and white, or they have different versions of it, but it says Hermes. What was I saying? Hermes? Hermes. It's Hermes. You guys are probably yelling at me. You guys yell at my little vocal tics. Anyway, Wendy really needs to find her footing in the group because I just feel like she's a little bit off from the rest of the group. Then we cut to Giselle shopping for clothes for Miami. How many people were scared? Me too. I was really, really scared. (laughs) She was <laughs> when Jizzy was looking through them racks, I was terrified because I'm worried about the dresses she's going to pick out. I'm worried about the pants, the tops, the hats. St- 
stupid looking hat. I'm worried about everything Giselle's going to pick out for this show. And she didn't disappoint when she was picking up those, an orange dress. Every look, I was like, I'm, I'm, would worry somebody, she needs to go with a stylist. And luckily Robin and who Ashley showed up, but I do worry about it because we know Giselle's looks can be sort of troublesome. And Robin says in this scene that Candace told her about the high end prostitute who Michael got serviced by or services, or I'm not sure who does the servicing, who does the services, but there is some uh, alleged Sing of D's going on between the two. And so apparently Robin knew that for a while and she believes the rumors. Giselle wants to know, she asked the producers when they ask Giselle whether or not she believes the rumors about Michael hooking up with this person. Giselle says, well, does the man look like Juan? And then they keep flashing back to when uh, it was revealed that possibly Michael Darby, Demon Darby said he wanted to S uh, Juan's D. And they keep bleeping the name of this man. They all seem to know the name of this man, but they're bleeping it out, which is interesting to me. Giselle says she never wants to talk to Chris again. She says, if he's here, I'm telling him to F off. She's pissed at Chris. Then they all go to the airport. They're setting us up for a good trip to this Miami trip, and I'm excited about it because they have all this airport footage, and the airport footage alone was bringing me so much joy. It's the rush of serotonin I got when we saw the cell phone footage of Karen Huger and Therese coming face-to-face. I mean, ugh, I loved it. I loved it, just them coming face-to-face, and Karen's like, hello, Sharice, and it was the most cold hello ever. I loved it. Then we see them to Miami. They're... We see them at the airport in Miami. My, uh, Mia almost forgot to get her bags because she called the husband later and she's like, you're always the one to get my bags. So I almost forgot the bags. So she finally got the bags. Luckily at her at the house, they get to the $12 million house, with six bedrooms. Robin's already thinking about hotels on the way to the house. She's like, if I'm in a bad room and I side with her on this one and I side with Sharice on this one, I would not go, especially as part of a cast member on a television show to a house where I don't get a bathroom. I'm sorry. Or if I had to share a bathroom, I just wouldn't do it. And I would hate to throw the diva card around, but I would just tell production like, Hey, I'm sorry. But I'm not sharing a bathroom, especially because what Giselle said, Robin's pooping twice a morning, twice a morning. She didn't even say twice a day. She said, Robin poops, goes number two, does a shadoobie twice in the morning. And so I don't need that kind of stress in my life to be fighting over a toilet for Robin Dixon. Because after you have your morning cup of coffee, then suddenly you got to worry about maybe Robin. It's going to be one of the many times, one of the multiple times Robin's taken a deuce I'm sorry to get vulgar, but this is something that came up on the show. You guys get mad at me when I talk about the deuces. But, uh, I mean, if Robin's got to take a, a dump, and you got to, I mean, but she could be doing it because she does it multiple times. A morning. Morning's not that long. She said she does it multiple times a morning. So I would leave. I'd just say, I'm going to a hotel and get my own room with my own bathroom because I'm not sharing. And meanwhile, it's like, where's Cherie supposed to go? They, she didn't even have a bathroom. And then from what I could gather, I didn't have a layout of the house I didn't have a floor plan, but it seemed to me that this hotel or house or whatever, it Sharice didn't have a nearby restroom. So was she supposed to use the one that the production uses? Because I'm sure they had to have a production restroom. That's another thing with these trips, is that if they're on uh, filming all day at this location, there has to be a production restroom. Because them camera people, they got to go as just the rest of us. Just like Robin's got to go twice a morning. I'm sure the camera person is also maybe going to have to go once or twice throughout the eight hours they're filming at this place. So there's got to be a production restroom. So are they just expecting Sharice to share it with the camera guy? I mean, what what is that about? They didn't even seem to have a nearby. Ashley at one point was like, I guess you could use mine. 
be Ashley didn't even want her to use it, but she's like, I guess you could use mine. <laughs> and then Sharice revealed that she would have had to like go upstairs to go to the bathroom. I mean, it's just, I, it's not okay. So if I would have been Sharice, she said she got on the phone with her travel agent. Now, I don't know that anyone has travel agents these days. Maybe Sharice does, but I think she was really talking about like an assistant or a production person because she's like, I was on the phone with my travel agent. I was like, Sharice, what do they even, travel agents even exist these days? Like that's a dying art form. And I'm sorry to say that if you are a travel agent out there, I don't mean to offend, but maybe you need to look into some other form of of work in the future or maybe pivot to pivot to the internet or something. I mean, I hate, I don't mean to be mean, but it just seems... It seems, and maybe it's better to have a travel. Maybe I need to get a travel agent because honestly, booking travels is stressful. So maybe it, or maybe really wealthy, do really wealthy people have travel agents? I don't know. Maybe it's like a wealthy person thing. So that, I don't know. I don't know much about the art of travel agents at all. I do remember that Christopher Guest movie. Remember where Fred Willard was a travel agent? Is that Waiting for Guffman or is that the other one? Anyway. Where are we at here? So we're in Miami. Jizzy wants to get a young boy. She wants to get sex for the young man. I'm happy about that. Jacqueline, there was this weird moment of Jacqueline on the way to the house, the friend of, where she says her ex is not her ex-husband because they were never married. And I think some of the gals thought she was married and they subtitled it in a way that makes me think we should pay attention to it. And maybe it was nothing, but I just want us to do a little, maybe it was a red flag. It just might be take a note of it. Because I think it could have been something that could be important. Then we see the house. Mia says that this trip is not going to be GVO. She says it's going to be MIA. Missing in action is the theme of this trip. She's meaning like, don't be missing in action, which makes no fucking sense. (laughs) Anyway, they're not on the beach. They're pissed about not being on the beach. But they got this hot chef or someone there. And uh, Mia, there was this interesting moment where Mia was talking about the hot chef or the guy serving the food. And the friend, Jacqueline, said, like, oh, do you want me to put him on a plate? And Mia's like, no, I'm about to celebrate my 10-year anniversary. But it was sort of said with, like, a look to the camera as if she was Jim from The Office and she was getting caught saying something on camera she wasn't supposed to. And that led me to believe that, like, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I just thought, like, oh, Mia and Jacqueline have this thing. And, like, maybe they're, I don't know. I don't want to make accusations. But it was just weird how they said it. It was weird how they said it. Go back and watch. It was a weird little moment. And then to give out the rooms, the six rooms, Mia says she turned every room, she named each one after stripper movies and phrases, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Here's why. I love it. And it's the best thing I've seen on television probably all year. But she says they're going to be named after movies and phrases. And I think she meant maybe movies and TV shows. But she names each one. So like one of the rooms is called P-Valley. One's called The Hustlers. One's called Show Wives. One's called Players Club, Queen of Diamonds. And I'm obsessed with this whole idea, but I don't understand it. Oh, and the other thing I want to point about Sharice is that she sleeps naked and snores. So her not having a bathroom is really problematic, because just imagine a bare-chested Sharice roaming down the halls when she's half awake trying to go take a piss in Ashley's bathroom upstairs. <laughs> just, just imagine that. And sometimes on these trips, they set up those night vision cameras. And so uh, production, somebody from production is just going to have to roll through that footage one day. And they're just going to see night vision of Sharice just completely in the nude, walking up a flight of stairs to try to get to Ashley's bathroom so that she'd go to the restroom in the middle of the night. So, I mean, that footage is something that somebody would have to roll, uh, scroll through. 
these editors, they got a lot of footage to go through on these cast vacations because normally when they're filming, when they're in town, they don't film 24-7. But on vacations, oftentimes they set up the cameras and the GoPros everywhere. And so uh, I'm not sure Sharice needs that footage. I certainly wouldn't want that because I can only imagine when I'm half awake and roaming through the house trying to go to the restroom and in night vision too. It's not very flattering. Night vision, honestly, none of the footage is flattering, but uh, I certainly don't think night vision nudity is all that flattering because they don't have the camera or the lighting set up right. There's one thing I've learned from Mariah Carey. It's that you need to have proper lighting set up. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Anyway, they get their room assignments. Candace is sleeping with Wendy. Candace isn't there yet because she had to film the shit at film the or record the new music but she's going to be arriving and they're putting her with wendy who i believe is in like a full size it's not a king size bed it might have been a queen but it was like a small bed and mia is being so messy by making candace supposedly have to sleep although what ultimately is going to happen is sharice is going to go to the hotel and then candace is going to get the room without the bathroom so then she might be caught on night vision going upstairs to ashley's restroom although she's not going to go to ashley's restroom she's going to have to find another pooper because there's no way that she's going to be going in that room anyway that's what I think is going to happen. But as it stands, they were trying to make her sleep with Wendy. And there's not, I, I think somebody had pointed out, Ashley had said, Wendy might roll over and she, uh, Candace might get a mouthful of titty because that bed is not so big. That bed is not so big. So then Sharice is looking for the hotel. Mia forgets, she calls Gordon. Is that his name, Gordon? And then the end of the episode, Mia calls Peter Thomas because he's in Miami. I don't understand how he got featured on the show so heavily, but he did. And they're going to go to his bar, but he reveals that he's got beef with Wendy. Then it says later that night, and we see footage of Mia throwing something at Wendy, and then it says to be continued. I can't wait. I can't wait. I need it now. I need it now. Now. 
Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. That's the episode. We got some great guests coming on this week. When I tell you, one of the guests coming up, you guys, a dream guest, a dream, one of the people that I've, it's a dreamless guest. So it's dreamless guests coming within the next few weeks. I'll let you know when it's out and we haven't done it yet. So fingers crossed, nothing happens. You know, sometimes you book a guest and then they cancel last minute or whatever. So we're hoping everything goes to plan. But if it goes to plan, I'm so excited. But we got some other great people coming on the show. We have Dustin Milligan from Schitt's Creek, who's also a huge Bravo junkie. And he's in a new movie on Amazon. So he's coming on. We have Anthony from Queer Eye coming on, who's also a Bravo junkie. So we got some good guests coming up. So stay tuned. Subscribe or follow wherever you listen to the podcast. So if you do it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be sure you click that subscribe or follow button. So you get all the updates of the episodes. Find me on social media for all the updates as well. And uh, yeah, I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe. Let's do our cheesy little cool down. Oh, next week too, by the way. By the way, don't yell at me, but next week at Potomac, we might not be doing a recap because it's going to be Thanksgiving week. So I, things are going to be shifting. It's going to be shifting. So don't get mad at me when there's no Potomac recap, you guys, because it's holiday. It's the holiday season. But I will have some interviews that will come out then. So won't leave you hanging completely. But I will be cooking my Thanksgiving dinner alongside Queen Icon Linda. Uh, Queen icon legend, Linda Pellegrino, my mother. She's coming here for Thanksgiving. Anyway, let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Love y'all. Love you all. Stupid looking hat.